Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're so blessed and honored to have you today in the House of Faith with us. On the broadcast today, we're gonna take you to family night. Now, on Legacy TV for months now, weeks and weeks, we've been talking about it can be done. And whatever impossible situation you're facing, you need to let these words of faith come out of you. With God, all things are possible. It can be done. Now, it's gonna be important that you stay tuned this week, next week, and the week following because we're gonna take one message and it's gonna take these three broadcasts to get it all out, but we're calling this sermon anointed. The anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. And whatever impossible situation you're facing with the anointing, you can, you can rise above it. With the anointing, the burden can be lifted, the yoke can be destroyed, and we want you to come in contact with the anointing that was on Jesus because it's on you. Be blessed by this message that you hear today. I want you to go with me, first of all, to the book of Matthew, chapter 19. And I wanna pick up with some things we began right at the beginning of the year uh, with the first family night, January of this year. And the Lord began talking to us out of some things Jesus said right here in Matthew chapter 19. We're gonna do our best to have the verses on the screen and stuff for you tonight. Um, but if you can, set your eyes on this. And I wanna remind you of what Jesus said in Matthew 19. Look at verse 26. Jesus looked at them talking about his disciples and said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Jesus said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, so I say, with God. Come on, say, with God. What about it? What about with God? What happens? All things become possible. Jesus said, with men, there are things that exist only in the realm of impossibility. And when he starts talking about possible or impossible, you look these words up, and literally he's referring to strength and weakness. When you run into something that's impossible, and you're looking at it, whatever it is, an impossibility of any kind, any brand, any form whatsoever. When you run into that and you look at it and you say it's impossible or you say it can't be done, really what you're saying is, I don't have the strength for this. That thing's stronger than I am. And that's what an impossible thing is. And with men, Jesus said, there are things that exist only in the realm of what can't be done. And you've figured that out by now, I'm sure. What he's saying is, you're going to run out of your own strength at some point. You are going to come to the end of your own mental strength. You're going to come to the end of your own physical strength. You're going to come to the end of your own financial strength. Now, I know we're all at different places in every one of those areas, but we're all going to come to the end of what we have in and of ourselves. Even somebody with billions and billions and billions of dollars will come to the end of what they can do financially. How do I know that? Because Jesus said it. With men, this is impossible. It can't be done. But with God, he said, all things are possible. So if impossible means it can't be done, take a stab at what possible means. 
It can be done. I saw the finger go up. This has been, this has been our motto. This has been our mantra. This has been our declaration of faith since January of this, of this year. It can be done. And that's what's been coming up out of our heart, out of our heart, out of our mouth as we face impossible things like we're talking about right here with the building or the things that we have a desire to do in the ministry. This is what's got to be coming up out of every believer because you are either right now facing something impossible or just keep living because you're going to face something at some point that's bigger than you, stronger than you, smarter than you, costs more than what you've got the ability to reach into your own pocket and meet the need of. Every one of us are going to come to the end of what we have the ability to do at some point. And whether it's something you've run into financially, you know, maybe you weren't expecting it. Maybe it's something you ran into physically, a diagnosis or something in your body. And maybe the best and the brightest, the, the, the expert doctors, the expert bankers, the expert lawyers who supposedly know everything there is to know sat across from you or somebody you loved and said, it can't be done. Nothing more that can be done. It's hopeless. I'm sorry. It's amazing to me that we can live in the world that we live in right now, with more information, more technology, more advancement than any generation has ever had before. And still, somebody somewhere every day is being told, I'm sorry, it can't be done. So if it's a situation like that, you need to have the faith of God rise up in you and point, if your finger's like mine, your bony little finger at it and say, no, 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 it can be done. But even beyond these situations that people sort of just find themselves in or stumble into or trials, as the Bible says, you fall into, I want to talk specifically about the vision of God, the plan of God for your life and the dream that he puts on the inside of you. And this has always been one of the key factors for Sarah and I in knowing whether or not we were hearing from God is how impossible is it? When he began speaking to us about stepping away from <clears throat> employment at my parents' and grandparents' ministry, this, this ministry that's been well-established and pays great, and you're related to the guy in charge, so job security. And the Lord begins dealing with us about stepping away from that and starting your own. And the vision of it just began to grow and to grow and to grow and to grow. And, you know, just the two of us, young in our marriage, young in our family, laying there at, in bed at night, staring up into the darkness and just let the vision just grow. And I mean, it would have been easy to look at it and say, it can't be done. It sounds great, but it can't be done. But I thank God that there was enough faith put in us that we knew enough that even though we don't have everything we need to meet the need of it, we can start. We can step out. And this is, like I said, a good way to find out whether or not you're actually hearing from God. When you think about your goals for your life, your family, your marriage, your kids, your business, your ministry, whatever it is, let me ask you this. Is there enough impossibility in it? Because if not, you may not be hearing from God. But once you look at it and it looks way too big, right? Way too expansive and expensive, something that's well beyond your mental, physical, or financial ability, aha, now you're hearing from Jesus. Yeah, that's right. And you're going to have to have the faith of God 
rise up within you and say, it can be done. But whether it's a situation like this, your vision or something in your health or finances, whatever it is, here's, here's the question we've got to ask and answer. How do we get these things out of the realm of impossibility and into the realm of it can be done? Because Jesus said with men can't be done, but with God, it can be. So how do you get these things out of this realm and into that one? Well, we've talked so much about it. I want to spend time going back over everything. But this scripture, if you look it up in the Weist translation, I really love this translation. W-U-E-S-T, if you want to find it, it's a great translation. Jesus said, said, when he had looked around at them, he said to them, with men or in the presence of men, as men look at this, it's impossible. So really what that is, is just clarification of what it means to be with men, to be in the presence of men and to see it the way they see it. And you know, we can tell who you've been hanging out with. I don't know if you realize that or not, but we can tell just by being around you, the countenance on your face, what's coming out of your mouth. We can tell who you've been with, who you've been in the presence of. When you reveal by the words of your mouth how you see a situation, we can tell who you've been in the presence of, how you see it. And if somebody, if you ever hear yourself or somebody else saying all the time, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? It can't be done. It can't be done. It can't be done. Well, you know, right then and there, they have been in the presence of men or they have been in the presence of the problem. They've gotten so intimate with the problem itself that now they see it the way natural man sees it. And that's what's coming out of their mouth. But even in the face of these kinds of things that look like they can't be done, if you got joy on your face and joy coming up out of your mouth and, and everybody else says it can't be done, but you look at it, you look at the same scenario, all the same numbers, all the same difficulties, and you look at it and say, no, it can't be done. No, we can, we can do this. I don't know how, but we can. Well, we know who you've been in the presence of, right? And I do want to mention one thing we covered in last month's family night. We've looked at scriptures that said nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too hard for God. And I think we've heard that. And what we've translated that to is everything's easy. Everything's easy. And there's some truth to that, but there's something else we need to be mindful of. Just because nothing's too hard for him doesn't necessarily mean everything was easy for him. And I know that kind of challenges what you immediately think about God, but let me prove that to you in the scripture. Go to the book of Ephesians chapter one. This really helped me last month when we saw some of these things. I believe it's going to help you too. We got a lot of scripture, a lot of ground to cover tonight. So you guys be believing God with me that we're going to get this in. I am very, very excited about what the Lord wants to say. Ephesians chapter one, verse 15, Paul's writing. He said, therefore, I also, after I, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And this is what he's praying, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That's 
That's the light coming on inside you. That's, that's you spending enough time in the presence of God where you went in seeing things one way, but you came out seeing things the way he sees it. And that's what prayer's for. That's what praise is for. This is what worship is for. And we talk so much about prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. That's true. But as long as one of those things is you, that's what it's supposed to be changing. Prayer is supposed to be changing the way you see something. And so many times when we take these impossible, it can't be done situations before the Lord, the prayer, first of all, is, Lord, I need you to, you know, and then fix what can be seen. If it's something in your body, I need you to fix this thing. If it's a financial thing, I need more money. Jesus, more money, like yesterday. And I'm not telling you there's something wrong with, with addressing the need, but I am telling you it's not first. That's not your first prayer. What your first prayer should be is, Lord, give me eyes that see. I want to see this thing how you see this thing. I want to see about it what you see about it. I know you see the root. Show me the root. See, that's different than Jesus. I love you. Money, 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 money. And you can tell. Listen to your own prayer. You can tell where your focus is. You see what I'm saying? And he's praying for us here that the eyes of our understanding, other translations say the eyes of our heart would be enlightened. That means the light comes on. And I love the light. Do you love the light? What's the light do for you? You walk into a room and you're looking for something and it's pitch black and you're fumbling around in there and you're stumbling around and you can't, you can't seem to find it. And somebody comes in behind you and flips that switch. What happens? The light came on. And then all of a sudden you find what you were looking for. But when you see it, you don't say, oh, look what the light put there. No, why not? The light didn't put it there. The light just showed you what was there all along. That's what light does. That's what revelation does. And when the light comes on in you, what's happening? It's showing you what's been in you all along. There's something in you that the light's got to come on. You got to see it. So this is why he's praying this. He says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Somebody shout it out. Mighty power. The working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Watch this now. Far above all principality, all power, all might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, put all things under his feet, gave him to be head over, the, over all things uh, to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The reason I'm reading this to you is because it identifies what it took to get Jesus up from the dead. Nothing's too hard for God but not everything was easy. This wasn't easy. It took the working of his mighty power. His mighty power. 
And the example we gave last month, if you remember, we talked about this, a guy named Roger Bannister, famous guy, first man to ever run a four-minute mile, right? This is what he was famous for his whole life long. First one ever to run a four-minute mile. And people, you know what they said about that? It can't be done. It cannot be done. But then he did it, right? So if you, know, if you just know that about him, let me ask you a question. Do you think it would be hard for him if he was still in his prime? He passed away a little bit ago, so probably not now, but you know, earlier. Would you say it would be difficult for him to run a 20-minute mile? Would that be hard? Why? No, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about him. Why would that not be hard for him? Because you know he's already done something much, much harder than that. You see what I'm saying? What makes your impossibility easy for God? Just the fact that he has already done something much, much harder than whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're dealing with, however big the vision is, you ought to be able to look at that thing and say, you know what? If God got Jesus up from the dead, he can do this. If God raised Jesus and and seated him with him far above all principalities, all powers, all might, all dominion, and then seated me with him. If that took the working of his mighty power, this is easy. This is easy. And he raised Jesus up and he seated him with him. The first man ever reborn, born again from death to life. Jesus was made sin. This is what was so hard about this. This is what took the working of the mighty power of God. He was made sin. All our condemnation was put on him. All our shame was put on him. And he was separated from God. And it took the working of the mighty power of God and the glory of God to hit that emaciated body and say, enough. And the voice of God echoed through hell and he said, today, you are my son. Today, I have begotten you. Don't get in your head that Jesus' death was just set on like a, you know, God put three days in the microwave and just was waiting for the timer to go off and be like, okay, done. Hop on up. That's not what this was. This was the mighty power of God, which makes your thing and my thing easy. That's what makes it easy. This is what makes cancer easy. This is what makes AIDS easy. This is what makes buying buildings nothing easy. This is what makes living in a debt-free home, praise God, easy. This is what makes you being healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet easy. Why? Because he already did the hard stuff. Amen? Thank you, Lord. And that's what this scripture, that's what the Bible is. It's, an, it's a collection of impossibilities made possible by people who got with God. That's what takes something out of the realm of impossible and puts it into the realm of it can be done. This is what Jesus said. With men, it's going to stay impossible. But in the presence of God, seeing it the way he sees it, that's what takes something out of the realm of it can't be done, puts it squarely in the realm of it can be done. Somebody who will just get with God. Who are you with? 
Who are you with? Go through some time. Let the Holy Spirit lead you through the Old Testament and New and find out what happened in the lives of people who just got with God. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, every one of them talks about how the Lord was with them. The Lord was with them. The Lord was with them. And what does that do for your confidence to stand at the threshold of a door, trying to get in, trying to get access to whatever's going on and somebody's keeping you out, keeping you out, keeping you out. There's something hindering you. There's something blocking you and you can't get in and enjoy what's going on. And then all of a sudden, God himself comes and stands in front of you and says, it's okay, he's with me. And that access that you've been denied now just opens up wide to you. I'm with him and he's with me. Would you say that with me? I'm with him. He's with me. And this was true about Jesus. Go to the book of Acts chapter 10. Now we get to get into uh, where we're headed in this tonight, and I'm excited about it. Acts chapter 10. You still with me? Notice what it says here about Jesus in Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says how God anointed, say anointed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was what? God was what? With him. God was with him. So in this one verse, you see what took these things that Jesus encountered in his life and ministry, every one of these impossibilities. A blind person seeing can't be done. A lame person walking, it can't be done. A dead person living, it can't be done. Unless, unless... He's with God and God's with him. Now, all of a sudden, we take every one of these things that have been impossibilities for all of eternity past. And now, all of a sudden, because God is with him, because he's with God and God's with him, now, all of a sudden, blind eyes are being opened. Now, all of a sudden, lame legs are walking and the dead are living. But I want you to notice the... the, some of the key words here that really are all saying the same thing over and over. Do you notice that it says God anointed Jesus? What did he anoint him with? What did the scripture say? The Holy Spirit and with power. So where does the, where does the power come from to take something out of impossible and put it into possible? What's the anointing? It's the anointing. Well, I thought it was God being with you. Yeah, that's what I said. It's the anointing. It's God being with you. Well, I thought it was the power of God that did that. Yeah, that's what I said. The anointing. God being with you. His power. Well, I thought it was the Spirit of God on him. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's all the same thing. The anointing. The Spirit of the Lord on you. The power of God working through you. God being with you. All of these things are really saying the same thing. And every single one of them are the key, the master key of taking your impossibility and turning turning it into something that can be done.
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television Broadcast, the Legacy Letter Magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. 